ladies, gentlemen, and non-binaries, what you are about to hear was actually recorded um, a little over a month ago. I was having some technical issues. Uh, I've edited ed I've edited this about as well as I'm going to be able to. Um, it is worth noting I had the flu at the time, um, and uh, admittedly it was much worse than I was willing to admit. Um, but you know what? Let me just shut the fuck up and let you get to it. Uh, thanks again sincerely to my guest for this episode, and make sure to donate to his charity, which you will hear about shortly. Welcome to the RW Plus B Podcast Network. So I was trying to put together kind of like a list of your accomplishments, essentially. Um, and out of curiosity, would you like me to kind of like plug them real quick as like an introduction, or would you prefer to, you know, self promote? Whatever you want to do, I'm 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 easy. If it's easier for me to say stuff, honestly, I never I never I only have one accomplishment <laughs> as far as I'm concerned is promoting successful shows where no one died. Well, but yeah. um, you know, it came uh, close I, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was, it was one time. Yeah, one time it looked like death. One time we got close. Yeah, but, um, you know, accidents happen though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Honestly, however you want to do it. Just tell me your rules. Can I curse? Can I miss or not curse? Oh, yeah. Great stuff. We, we, are, want, we are complete free speech. Say what you want. Um, it, it kind of thing. Um, so how, how about this? I'll mention some of the stuff that I know off the top of my head and that I, I refresh myself on. And you correct me if I'm wrong or add what you'd like. How about that? Perfect. All right. So uh, I know uh, you are – I know I saw an interview at one point. Uh, or a quote where you had mentioned that you are the uh, apparently the first African American promoter in state history uh, for Pennsylvania. Told, yes. Yeah. I've been told that. Yeah. Uh, I know you had a you had a local access show or something in the '90s. I know that was some yeah, of your earlier work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back in Lancaster County. Yeah. Okay. In '96, like I think. Okay, and I know you've obviously just been attached to this to the scene since. Uh, in various different ways, especially through uh, CZW. Um, and I know you have like some some form of charitable organization. I've, I've seen you post about or something in the past, but would you like to plug that real quick? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I do work with First Up. It's a children's charity in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, I can talk about that. Okay. Um, so what exactly do you do with that? Actually, I, I run their government relations. So basically, I'm the one that teaches uh, mostly teachers and parents how to go to our state capital and tell uh, the people that control the money, hey, we need more money for kids and for teachers. Okay, so you, mo so you mobilize the, uh, yep. the constituents to actually try to get public servants to do what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. And uh, past that, I, I, I mean, I know anyone that's been associated long enough with the brand, and I don't know if you know this, but I actually know DJ Semi, uh, a little bit too. I've been trying. To, I've done a few little uh, promotion uh, production jobs in the past, and and he and you know uh, DJ enough that I'm sure that this won't come as any surprise. But he uh, he randomly will message me like once every couple months, 
and he's like, dude, I'm in desperate need of uh, some extra hands around here. What what can you do for me? And then whenever I try to reach back out to him to be like, hey, what what do you need? He's always like, oh, now I'm too busy to follow through. (laughs) That's That's 100% DJ. So um, basically a giant forgetful teddy bear. Um, So, uh, but I know everyone basically that's been associated long enough and I've spoken to a few others, but they essentially see you as a pillar of CZW. Um, I figured, honestly, the best first question to ask about that, and this actually comes from, I don't know if you uh, know a, a man named Steve Stone. Steve Stone. He's one of the very first that AJ Styles like broke the neck of. If that helps. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I, I know he's going to hate that I brought that up here, but um, that's just I, a lot of people remember that quickly. Um, so he's a close friend of mine, and he was wanting me to ask, actually ask your thoughts on Ian Rotten. Okay, I can talk with Ian. What are we doing now? Or you're yeah, yeah, on? yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're just prepping or not. Yeah, Ian. no, we're, we're, let's just go straight into the fire. Cool. So, so Ian Rotten. Um, so I'll say I, I, I personally didn't deal with Ian a whole lot. Okay. Um, partially because uh, <laughs> when I did, it didn't always end up in a good experience. Um, and this is, you know, a lot of people say a lot of things about Ian. I never worked for him except for I promoted one show, the show he did at the ECW Arena. Yeah. And actually, he, he didn't even hand me my money. I think Mike Burns might have, the guy that runs Smart Mark Video. Hmm. So, you know, I've heard he's done some pretty not-so-good things, the way he paid people or didn't pay them or paid them in, uh, so we say, illegal contraband as opposed to money. Yeah. I, I don't have personal knowledge of that. What I do have knowledge of, is uh, I talked to Ian when Thumbtack Jack came to America. Because I feel like Ian reached out to me and said, hey, I've got Thumbtack Jack in the States. Do you want him? And I was like, yeah, I think we could do him and Danny Havoc. It would be an awesome match. And Ian said, okay, well, if you want Thumbtack Jack, you're going to book me, Mickey's, I think Pondo, hmm. and, 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 and Jack, and the price will be, I, I think, let's call it $1,500. I don't, know the, I don't remember the exact number. Yeah. And I talked to Zandig, because Zandig still owned the company at the time. I said, John, I think, it's, I think it's worth it. I think Danny Havoc, Thumbtack Jack is a match we can draw on. You know, um, it's the first time Jack was really doing a tour of the States. Let's do it. John was like, yeah, no, that, that sounds reasonable. You know, when you break down, I think it was four, four guys or whatever it was, however much money, and that includes trans. That's a fair price. Let's do it. Yeah. He calls me back. I think Mickey got signed by TNA at the time or something like that. Okay. Uh, can't can't he can't have Mickey? Okay. Well, um, what's what's Mickey's price? What's coming off the what's coming off the top? Oh, nothing. We're keeping it's still the same price. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can swing that because I got to replace Mickey. Uh, I mean, you know, the price you quoted be able to, again we use number fifteen hundred because that sounds right to me in my head. You know, is it thirteen hundred now? What, what were you going to give Mickey? You know, I, I got to replace her. I got to pay someone else. No, 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 not doing that. It's not happening. Hmm. Fine, fine. Me, me and John agree because we already at this point announced uh, to, the show was called Total Havoc. It was the return of Danny Havoc. He had been gone for a month or two. You know, him and Thumbtack Jack, we already sold tickets on it. Fine, we'll do it. Yeah. Then I get a message from Jack, who I hadn't talked to yet. Um, you know, basically saying, you know, hey, Maeve, I'm just making sure everything's good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good, man. Get another message. Hey, me and Ian have a problem. Um, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm not going to be staying with him anymore. Me and him got into a thing. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with the show, whatever, whatever. The whole thing, because I honestly don't remember if I talked to Ian next or 
if Jack told me or Pondo, I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember what happened was Thumbtack Jack got in a fight with Ian Rotten because Thumbtack Jack said something that offended Ian. Um, Ian threw him out the house. Ian said, I want my money for Thumbtack Jack regardless whether I show up or not. I said, well, what money? If you're not coming, why would I pay you? Yeah. That makes no sense. And he was like, no, 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 it's still 1500 if you want to use Jack at all. I'm like, that that, that makes no sense at all, dude. Um, Pondo's, like, calls or, or texts or something like, I'm with Jack. You, what? Am I still booked? Can I still come to the show? Am I getting paid? <laughs> so, yeah, dude. You know, so I don't, I don't remember. In my mind, Pondo was staying out of this. Pondo's like, dude, I'm, I'm not. And of course. Pondo um, drives, in, excuse me, drives Jack to the show. Um, asked me, says, Ian said something about, do you have money for him? I'm supposed to take for him? I said, you got to talk to the big guy about that being banded. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, Ian was trying to get paid for Jack when, you know, whatever. And I think had Ian called or texted or whatever meeting we were using back then and said, hey, man, you know, it cost me this much money to bring Jack in. If you, if you threw me a couple of dollars for a flight or something, I'd really appreciate that. I, I might have actually talked to John and said, I, you know, let's give Ian a couple bucks. You know, he, he flew Jack in. We're, we're, we're benefiting off of this. But the way he kind of demanded, you know, money and, and wanted so much money and he wasn't even showing up anymore, it was kind of like, sorry, dude, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I had a bad taste in my mouth. Again, I, I, I've seen Ian since. He did the gimmick where he came into CZW later once DJ bought it. And me and him didn't have any problems then. It's just, you know, I, I kind of kept my distance after that because it put a bad taste in my mouth. That's fair. And I, you know, I, I had heard he had said some not so nice things about me and called me all kinds of whatevers and, you know, different slurs and stuff because he was mad. But I, I was like, look, he didn't say it to my face because that would have been a bad night for Ian Ron. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm Maven Bentley and Tyrone Scott are two different people for, for fans that don't know. You know, the person behind Maven is not Maven. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a tough guy, but you're not going to do certain things to me. So any, anyway, the, the whole story goes, I stayed away from Ian. When he came in, I was cordial. We did our business, and that was that. But, but the only experience that really sticks out of my head is this whole him trying to really, uh, I don't know, try to get $1,500 out of me for, for doing absolutely no work. Yeah. That was offensive to me. And, and, and the fact that he wouldn't even, like, talk or negotiate. He said, I don't know fucking money or else. I'm like, I am? Okay, good luck with that one. You know, so those are my memories of Ian Rob. Fair enough. I'll bash me tomorrow because I'm like, oh, that's fucked up, Maven. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ian. Uh, I remember the story. No, I mean, honestly, just that's how it is. And to be fair, those stories shouldn't be surprising um, to anyone that has heard the (laughs) the mountain of stuff that has come out of that man. So, um, you you had mentioned working for Zandig. I got to ask, what was that like? Because the the dude came off and always has come off as like just being around him. It's like being on like a, a on a train that's just slightly off rails. John, so, so there are like a couple of different periods of John Zandigish. Like so, this is a, a weird way to describe him. The first time I met John, either two thousand three or two thousand four, probably three. I guess, when I first came to the CGW school. Um, yeah, I guess three, maybe even two. I don't know. Whatever it was. Whatever it was, first time I met John Vandig. I had seen Vandig. Like, I knew him from the Indies. You know, CGW, I think it just got a TV deal in the Philadelphia area, like on GGW 48 or whatever it was. And, um, you know, you see Vandig, you know, being Vandig, you know, weed whackers and all kinds of crazy shit. 
yeah. you know, fire and light shoes or whatever. So I remember, you know, like I said, like I, ha- I had a little active show at one point, you know, so I knew some of the guys here and there. And, you know, I had been a shoot wrestler, so, you know, I'm, I think I'm a relatively tough dude for, for, for you know, a non-wrestler wrestler. Yeah. So I'm like, when I'm going to meet him, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to puff my chest out and I'm going to be ready to show him, I'm like, man, I'm tough, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this and that. And I remember I met him. He was like a fucking third grade teacher. <laughs> hey, I'm John. Nice to meet you. <laughs> like, like soft spoken, real quiet, you know, nicest guy. Yeah. I remember he apologized to me one night for teaching. Again, I'm still in the school at this point. Um, for fans that don't know, I, I got in a bad car accident, you know, before I started for wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, I, have, I still have a jacked up back to this day. I, Every now and then my back goes out like real bad. Like, you know, I'm just in pain. I can barely walk, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, John's got me in the school, and I'm doing back bumps and back bumps and back bumps. And, you know, John, like, he hears me talk to someone else. Oh, dude, my back's killing me. Fucking accident, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know you were in an accident. Oh, and I got you here doing back bumps all night. Oh, does anyone have any Advil? And, like, I think he gets the Lobo, like, to give me, like, 800 milligram Tylenol or something. Like, no, it's not like I mean, this is a regular, you know, tunnel, but the but the strong, strong one. Yeah. Not the codeine one or anything crazy like that. Yeah. But... Is, I'm sorry. Take it. You need one. I got it, bro. <laughs> this is Band-Aid. Jesus. Gary, Jesus, I'm going to kill you, you know, guy. Yeah. But um, nicest dude. Um, Again, depending on when you worked for him and how, it was, it was different. John was always very calm with me for the most part because I think John respected he respected me as someone who wanted to help his company. Yeah. And I was, you know, definitely someone who, um, for lack of a better term, you know, I'm a team player. And, and John's like, he, he's always going to be there, so he treated me very well. For the most part, John was very calm and very quiet. In fact, there were times where he would even talk to people. He, he, he used to have other people who was talking for him. And not like in a bug way, just like a, I don't want to do it. You want to go talk to these guys? We'll go sit in the crow's nest. Hmm. But there are times. Where if you piss John off, bad things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. John, the, John, John could turn into Zandig at, at a snap. He doesn't often. But if you really piss him off, it was a problem. Like, and so like I, I could tell two quick locker room stories. One is funny. One is not funny to the person who was a part of it. Um, first story, Derek Sabato, former CCW referee. A lot of people may remember a tall, skinny guy. Yeah. He also was John's like, assistant at one point. Okay. So he was the one, like, John would say, hey, uh, do you see if Kevin sees available this weekend? Okay, I'll call him. Hey, uh, tell that guy he's losing tonight. I'll probably go down there and talk to him. Okay, I'll do it. Thank you. Sabato, you know, good dude, whatever. Sabato, <laughs> I think it was Sabato's birthday, maybe. And I don't know if Sabato had a drink or whatever. I don't know what he did. He did something. And he walks in the locker room, and John just literally grips him by his neck and picks him up off the ground. You motherfucker, you come to my fucking show, and I'll fucking kiss and Sabato literally pisses himself. Yeah. And Josh says, happy birthday, kid. Just living here. Get out there. Sabato's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. Thank God we wear black pants here. And it doesn't match. So, um, so yeah, that, that kind of shit is funny. Yeah. On the other hand, John had a thing. People may remember uh, there was a company called Pro Wrestling Unplugged, PWU. Yeah. That was uh, founded by the Backseat Boys and Rock and Rebel. Um, that was trying to kick out CZW, running shows in the same building, using some of our same talent, whatever, whatever. Yeah. John said to uh, you know to the boys, 
you know, uh, I know Johnny's your friend. I know Trent's your friend, but um, it's, it's me or him. He can't, he can't work for both. He said, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I know this takes food out of some of your, you know, it takes money out of some of your pockets. But it's like, I can't work with people who are working with someone who's, who's expressed job. Like, their mission is to put me out of business. Yeah. He said, different, because, you know, uh, 3CW was in the ECW arena. Like, there are other places that run here. I don't care if you work for them, but they have said, we are trying to put you out of business. You can't, it's me or them. So, uh, I think it was Knox. Knox didn't quite hear the message, I guess. Hmm. He did a show for them, comes back in the locker room, you know, uh, during the next CCW show. And, you know, is a very family locker room. We're all broken, having a good time. And usually there's a speech before the show. You know, usually Frank Town, the athletic commissioner, will say something, I'll say something, John will say whatever he has to say. Yeah. Then when it comes to John, John says, you know, um, I, I love all you guys like family, um, but uh, when you go against the family, well, it's not good. You know, he punches a locker or something. He says, one of you, fuck the family. And he looks at Ian. He says, I swear to God, boy, if you don't get out of here before I count to three, I'm going to fucking murder you. Hmm. And like, he starts shaking. I, I remember, it's funny because I was just talking to this guy on uh, Facebook earlier, a uh, wrestler, the guy who was crossbones at one point. Okay. Like, sitting there, he's like, next, and we're like, like he starts shaking because he's so scared because we've never seen John so full of rage. And he loved Ian, loved this kid. Um, and like, you see Ian like, like, oh shit, he's serious. Like he starts working his way out the locker room and John like picks up something and throws it at him up as he leaves. Super fucking scary. Cause John is, again, he, he, you know, he, his size doesn't, doesn't, uh, come across on TV very well, in my opinion. I mean, like, like, but he looks big on TV, but when you shake that man's hand, he's a, he's a fucking monster. Yeah. He kind of looks like, uh, he's always kind of struck me as being like Frankenstein's monster kind of. Kind of thing going on there. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, this is what 2005 maybe. So this is still jacked up. This is a muscle yeah. John. This is still jacked up John. So like, just super scary, you know. I mean, other things is work with him in general. Me and him had a really cool thing that we would do. Like, I was the squishy clean kid guy, and he was the angry guy that would scare people. So you know, I'd be the one. Good dynamic. Yeah, it was a good dynamic. So you yeah. know. If the police came in and we were going to shut down the show, I'd be, oh, you know, sir, let me talk to you for a minute and, and calm it down. Yeah. But the boys were giving me shit about, like, I don't want to lose tonight. We'll go talk to John. What the fuck you said to me, the motherfucker? Uh, nothing, John, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and, you know I mean, actually, I remember, I think it was Ian again. Sorry, Ian. Uh, wanted more money or something. And he had told somebody, tell that insert your explosive about me. I'm going to come get the money from him. And John said, John went to John and said, the money you're looking for is in my pocket. Come take it, motherfucker. And that was the end of that. And, and you know, again, not that, not that I, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm some kind of punk that needed John to defend me. Which, uh, but I appreciate the fact that he did because it kept our dynamic alive. If Maven yeah. had been getting a fight in the locker room, you wouldn't have to squeaky clean Maven Bentley to be that guy to, you know, yeah. talk to police and, you know, run charities and stuff like that. So, so I mean, John was really cool. The things that became problematic later working with him is when he uh, stopped working his shoot job. And I, I told this story before. It's how the company got sold. You know, he he just started taking all the money for himself. And, again, it was his company. He had every right to do so. But that became hard because, you know, I'm trying to book a show, you know, and there's no money to pay anybody. And I, I don't know what flights they can afford and whatever else because, you know, John wasn't calling you back. And, you know, he just he, he needed the money so the money would be out of the account. Yeah. But all that said, I, 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 this is not me shitting on the man. 
It's his company. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. He has every right to do that. He just made it difficult towards the end. Yeah. Um, but, but again, working with John was usually fun. Plus, for those who don't know, John raps. And that shit is hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to... I'm, that's like a treasure hunting episode right there, trying to track down that shit. It's just road trips, man. Me and Tyson go to bar. I mean, we didn't hang out a lot like just past shows, but every now and then we go to a bar or something. John's rapping. And like, we would literally rap the girls. Like, you know, like, you know, like people are like, oh, I'm rapping yeah. the girls. So he'd rap. He'd like take LL Cool J lyrics to him. I need a girl with extensions in her hair. Yeah, new earrings, at least from a pair. I need a girl with a bad attitude. That's what's going to take to put me in a good mood. I'm like, are you rapping? <laughs> yeah, watch it, Johnny gets number talk. This is going to happen. And he won. John was a fucking legend. So, you haven't lived till you've heard John Vandick still be singing milkshakes by Cleese Bunnell. I gotta ask, does does the man know that you impersonate him with such, like, perfection, by the way? I've done all those shows. Cause clear, I've done all charity shows. He hated it. I was gonna... Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I was gonna say, because honestly, like, it's been... It's clearly... There's a lot of work behind it. <laughs> Closely for ten years, and I'm sure he has. Sure he has a made a belly impression if he wants to do one. It's probably me sounding like a pussy, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he has one. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, John, John, yeah. I, I, I feel John like Bob was the only other person I ever here of the milkshake rendition. I think. <laughs> well, I I feel like the best uh, little final little jab at at, at the Zandig era would probably be just to ask straight up: Do you feel like the shit that Joey Janela pulled on DJ? would have occurred if Zandig had still been in charge instead. No, but, <laughs> but I take responsibility for that. Okay, how so? I should have ended it. Because uh, one of the things that Joey did, uh, one of the best of the best, whatever best of the best, Chrissy Swan came back. I can't remember the number. Uh, Joey had told us that he was not coming back to CCW. He was going to work for the competition full-time and not yeah. with us anymore. I believe he was either slated to win or go to the finals of best of the best. I don't remember which, to be honest. Uh, so we obviously were going to change that because why would we put him over if he's leaving us? Uh, he refused to do the job. DJ called on a favor from Richie Swan, who had retired from wrestling at that point. We convinced him to come back for one last match to wrestle in CCW and do the job so Joey wouldn't have to. Uh, after the match, Joey gets on. Well, I remember he had a mic where he was just screaming at the fans. Maybe made me lose. Okay. And DJ and I had talked before, and we we had an agreement. If um, Joey had said three magic letters, that we would exit him out the building in an unceremonious style if we had to. Yeah. And he didn't say those three letters, but he called my name. So I walked to the ring calmly, and I remember because I was I was outside of like the ring area. I was back by commentary. Like I come to the side where our guardrails are. I walk like past the curtain, and I feel somebody getting ready to come out the curtain. I knew who it was. It was my two guys who were like, oh, if, if you say something, we're going to catch your back. And I kind of pushed them back and said, I got this. And I went and said, Joey, you got something to say to me? And Joey gets out of the I'm sorry. Now, hmm. I could have ended all this had I gotten the ring and just choked him out. I probably should have. That's the old school thing to do, right? Someone who fucks up your show, you talk him up in the ring, and everyone see, and that ends their career. Yeah, you put, you put the receipt out there. Right, I didn't because I'm the squeaky clean guy. Yeah. And I was like, he didn't say the three, that's what we said, the three letters. He didn't say them, so. Fair enough. Uh, he talks about Maven. Maven's a big boy, I'll take it. 
I should have ended it myself. And DJ, and, and I did it about DJ too. DJ was, yeah, DJ was too nice. DJ was trying to be more like Maven Bentley, and he should have been Vandick because he already had a Maven Bentley. Yeah. Because because John would have hit the ring. John would have fucking hit the ring and fucking would have wee wagged his hand. That would have been, you know, like, oh well, kid. Either you would have ran out the building and been clowned, or you would have stayed in the ring and got your ass kicked. And either way, it would have been a bad night for you. Yeah. But um, I, I did what I'm supposed to do, the professional thing, air quotes in the air, you know, just talk to him and bring him out the ring. DJ tried to talk to him backstage and was, you know, nice. And I had told DJ, I, think, I remember because DJ paid him, Joey left, him and Penelope Ford got in their car and left. He didn't change, if I remember. And DJ paid out of his money. I said, what the fuck are you paying for? I said, fuck him. If he wants his money, he should have landed. It's in my pocket. Come get it, kid. I'll be in the middle of the ring at the next show. Come get it in the middle of the ring. But, you know, DJ is a nice guy. Yeah. He, he took the nice route. But I... That's where we should have switched roles, and I always see that was the downfall of me. Is there were certain times where I should have switched out of the Maven role and took on the Zandig role because DJ wasn't taking that role. DJ, and to this day, is still the nice businessman yeah. behind the curtain. So try to be respectable of all people. DJ Hyde, the worst heel there ever was. Yeah, that's that's actually always been hilarious to me because anyone that knows the dude, again, he, he is literally a teddy bear. So. He's that nice guy. Yeah. Um, I, I got to ask then, so there, there was some controversy not that long ago, um, and it's not actually anyone's fault on the CZW side, to be blunt, but um, obviously uh, certain pay-per-view rights were sold to a, a dude that went out of his way to name some pay-per-views in, well, unsatisfactory terms, I'll just put it that way. Um, what are your thoughts on that situation? Because I've heard DJs thoughts because he actually vented to me a decent amount during that period but i gotta ask yours oh, my first thought is dj gets blamed much more than he should for that yes dj actually for people that don't know this you know be upset all you want and yes dj signed the contract so yes dj signed the contract 100 percent. but um dj said i don't like i don't think it's going to be good for us and he he, he was the one that got the name changed eventually it, it took a lot of time and that was that yeah and i know i don't i don't, wanna, I don't I, if it's okay with you, I don't want to dwell on it too much because, okay. you know, I think people. Well, I don't want to dwell on it too much because I, I think there's still some um, there's some legal ties still there. Okay, fair uh, enough. But I but I but I do know that DJ was the one who said, "Look, this I know what you're trying to do, and I understand it, but let me explain to you what's happening now and what's going on." And and he was the one that was able to convince people to tone things down to to a place where I think they're probably where people are probably much more happy now with how those. Uh, Reviews are being marketed. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I I, I know he. Uh, I, I guess the last thing I mentioned on it is I know he had personally said he l was going to lose some money to have that situation fixed. Yeah. So I mean that should yeah. say everything. So yeah. Um, how about a more positive uh, note just to to finish this and then I'll let you go. But what professional wrestler right now on the indie scene do you feel like is basically the next star that you would like to plug? I have no fucking clues. I don't watch wrestling. Oh, you, you cut yourself now from it? I, 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 I watch so little wrestling now. I literally, before we talked, I turned on Raw for 30 seconds in case I saw Sami Zayn or Roman Reigns. I like the bloodline gimmick. Yeah. And I saw their, their stick and I cut it off. Fair enough. Um, you know, I mean, gosh. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, guys that who I've enjoyed, who, are, who I assume are still doing good work. Obviously, I've always been a fan of the rep. 
uh, you know, Nathan Dave. Yeah. Um, and, and Hard workers. For that matter. It, you know, great talents. I'm assuming they're still putting on great matches. I've had talked to them every now and then, but you know, I don't really watch anymore, so I'm assuming they're still doing really great things. Uh, I think they're a great trio, great tag team, great uh, cruiserweight there. I've always been a fan of Black G's, and all the members yeah. of the original Blackout, you know, still out there doing great stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, Kingston's been killing it lately. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you know, so unfortunately, it's, it's probably you're going to hear from me, like, guys that have kind of already made somewhat of a name for themselves. Okay. I will say that, you know, I quit CZW a year ago, a little, a little more maybe, um, and uh, Griffin McCoy was doing real well, you know, there, and Ashton Andretti was doing real well. Those two guys I kind of saw said these could be some some, some people in the future. And I liked Boom Harden and um, and Aaron, Aaron Ash, too. Yes. Yeah. But, again, I haven't seen anything from them recently, so I don't know how their progress is going. But I'm assuming, you know, you, hopefully you don't ever get worse. So I'm assuming they're all just all getting better, you know? Well, I will I will give you one real little bit of good information. Action Action actually was just uh, given a really good rub. Jericho put him over. Oh, good. Yeah, on Dynamite on a big show, and it got a very big pop. Apparently, Jericho had seen him working with QT on, on the YouTube series mm-hmm. and decided this guy's going to be a star. I'm going to be the guy that makes him because, you know, that's the kind of guy Jericho is. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, the the guy's just picking up a throwaway victory on on dynamite like it's nothing against one of the biggest names in the sport. That's awesome. I mean, you know, again, you know, I, I, actually, Andretti, he, he's a kid that you know I saw him the first time. I was like, yeah, the kid's got it. Yeah, you know, he's got a great look. He's, he's got great athleticism. You know, um, some good charisma you know, too, and that's that's it, important. It's, it's that it. It's that that I will say this. Sometimes just watching his face when he came through the curtain. You know the. the with the exception of luchadors, I always think you can tell how good a wrestler is by their eyes. Sometimes luchadors you can't because they're wearing masks or whatever. And yeah. You can't see their eyes. But everyone else is in all in the eyes. Yeah, with luchadors, it's how they walk, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's always something that's, um, I'll call it intangible, but it's, if, you, if you know what you're looking for, you can see it. Yeah. But most people don't realize what they're being attracted to as a fan, right? You know, you, you turn on your TV. And you see someone walk through the curtain. And because, again, you only, I always tell people, you only have a couple seconds to, to make the fans care. Yeah. You walk out that curtain, you've got a couple seconds. I mean, when you get in the ring, you might be able to get them back if you lost them in your walk, but that's a much harder task to do. It's better to get them from the beginning and have them at least believe something about you. And those eyes, when you walk out the curtain, uh, you know, and, and actually, it's going to sound cliche, his eyes were full of action. You saw yeah. passion. You saw you saw whatever it was he needed you to see. And usually, uh, I think he's working mostly baby when I was there. And you saw that baby face fire, but not in the complete cheesy way. Yeah, no, the you know? the more authentic little spark kind of way. Yeah, yeah, and and, that, and that's something you can't fake. It's something you can't teach. Yeah, you know, well, you know, you think about all the guys, you know, between DJ and Zandig, you know, when we we see young kids come through the school or whatever, and there's certain kids we could tell, like you know, within the first month. This kid's going to be a star, and it was it was usually all in their eyes. It wasn't how good they were because no one's good in your first month. I mean, yeah, you're just not, you know. But you see those eyes, like, oh, Adam Cole, kid, he's going to be something one day, you know. So those those are the guys that I remember. Again, this, uh, I apologize to anyone else who's been working and doing really great work. But when I separated from wrestling, it's kind of like I told people, I, I probably you probably messaged me, I probably told you this. This is probably my last podcast or interview because I'm not doing wrestling in 2023 at all with the exception of some voiceover work that people you know, have contracts to do. Yeah. I'll fulfill my deals, but 
I, I'm, I'm done with wrestling. It was a great, great, great run. I'll certainly be grateful for it. It helped me do a lot of things I would never have been able to do. But, you know, it, it's that time to, uh, to ride off into the sunset. And I think if Terry Funk has taught us nothing, if you even watch it, you'll be back. Yeah. So I don't want to be back. So I'm not watching it. I'm not going to shows. I'm not, you know, again, maybe, maybe, I, 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 as I told people, for the right donation to my charity, maybe I'll come back and do a, a wave appearance. But past that, Maven is, is staying away from wrestling 100% and is wishing everybody the best of luck. Well, that's, that's a fantastic way to end this. Um, I got to tell you again, thank you sincerely for your time. Hopefully it was uh, an entertaining experience both ways. And, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a message, uh, shortly after the Christmas break, whenever I put this live. And, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we cut? Uh, this always, my last message to people is always do something today to make the world a better place. Whatever that is, whatever that means to you, make the world a better place and support independent wrestling. Those guys and gals work very hard to try to entertain you fans. Yeah, can't say it any better than that. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day, sir, and a uh, happy holidays. Same to you, and I hope that flu goes away. Uh, yeah, I'm on the back end, so yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, no problem. Take it easy.